You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to another episode of the Small Talk Podcast with me, your host, Katie Fairman. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, happy race week. Now, before we get into the podcast, a couple of little things. This is actually post-edit Katie speaking. So I've listened through to the whole episode and annoyingly, the audio isn't quite where I want it to be. There are a couple of things I've had to change, etc. It's a bit echoey here in my living room. So things to learn, things to improve on. Like at the end of the day, this is still a relatively new podcast. It's still just a baby, you know, so be kind. And uh, I'm sorry for that in advance. But as I was saying, it is race week and for Formula One returns to Saudi Arabia this weekend at the Jeddah Corniche circuit. Now the circuit itself, I really enjoy. I love a street circuit as I'll go into later on in this episode. But uh, it is thrilling, it's exciting, 27 turns, some insane high speeds, but I'm aware that it's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, you've got the circuit itself, which many have deemed to be far too dangerous for Formula One. Mick Schumacher last year had quite a whack, you know, really big G impact, ruined his car, actually took him out of the race the next day. Uh, And we've seen a few high speed incidents there over the last few years. Then away from the racetrack, of course, there was a lot of controversy last year to do with this missile strike that hugely impacted the weekend. There are even discussions going on about whether Formula One wanted to race there. So when I'm talking about the Saudi Arabian track, please know that I am not just dismissing the fact that there are these controversies that surround the circuit. I'm not trying to brush that off because like I say, I had friends that attended the race last year and they have described it to me and said, you know, how uncomfortable and unsettling it was being there on the ground. So I just want to make that clear before we get into this podcast. But anyway, I hope that you enjoy it. And there's also something a little bit different towards the end uh, about how a Natalie Imbruglia concert nearly caused the Monte Carlo Casino to be burned to the ground. So there we go. If that doesn't want to make you keep listening to the podcast, then I don't know what will. I hope you enjoy it and I will speak to you in the next podcast. Past tense, Katie, take it away. I'm still a little bit indecisive, but I think that I prefer street circuits over normal racing circuits, which I know is going to cause a lot of different opinions. And that's great because I love opinions. You know, the more people that can share their view on things, the better in my opinion. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I still will always have a place in my heart for some of the iconic permanent circuits like Spa Francorchamps, or I love the Red Bull Ring, that kind of thing. There are probably many, um, Silverstone, I'm literally forgetting Silverstone. Like they will always have a special place in my heart, but I'm really enjoying street circuit racing. I love the fact that there's walls around every corner and if you get a little bit of things wrong, you don't end up bouncing through a gravel trap. Bam, that's it. You're in the wall. Your race is over. And that sense of jeopardy of finding the limits and being on the limits the whole time. 
I love it. Um, maybe that's why I also enjoy Formula E because a lot of the time they're on street circuits, but I'm a fan of, of street circuits. Although Jeddah does take it to new levels, 27 corners, the speeds that they reach there. Oh my God, like I am on the edge of my seat when I watch a qualifying lap and I really enjoy it. But uh, apparently, let's, let's chat a little bit about street circuits and the news because once again, talks of a London Grand Prix are being mentioned in the media. Now this story, I would say broke, it didn't really break, it's sort of an ongoing rumour that's existed for years and years and years about a potential London Grand Prix around the London Docklands near the XL, which is actually where the Formula E race happens in London, so it's not exactly a brand new undiscovered venue, there's literally racing there at the moment, you know, Formula E have been there for two or three years I think now, so it's nothing new. But as well as the fact that a London Grand Prix seems to be like rehashed year after year get those clicks in and all that kind of thing I also just don't want a London Grand Prix a lot of people might think oh British bias bring that back I feel like I haven't said that since last year but you know lots of people might think oh yeah people of the UK are going to want as many races as possible to be honest I would take Silverstone over something like a London street circuit even though I love street circuits I just I just don't see the vibe that the attraction London is busy enough as it is let alone throwing a Formula One race around there um, and although it has got great infrastructure and stuff like that I just oh my gosh like imagine the um DH not DHL what's it called the hold on the DLR I knew it was something like that but that is um transport which is connected to the XL I've used it a couple of times in order to get to the Formula E race there and that ain't good enough for putting all of these hundreds of thousands of Formula One fans on it at one time. It was going to be bloody chaos. But no, a London Grand Prix is, is a big no from me. But what I do find interesting and why I'm not going to say it's never going to happen is that... Las Vegas is a race which has been talked about for years and years and years. I, I helped co-write something for the BBC, actually, in 2015, I think it was, about, um, I think the pun was something like, plans for Las Vegas Grand Prix rev up, you know, great headline there, but... And it was all about a potential Las Vegas Grand Prix. And look where we're racing in 2023. We're going to Las Vegas. It's actually happening. And I wouldn't put it past Liberty Media or Formula One themselves to genuinely look at getting these street circuits in big city centers. One that springs to mind, which were, would be make like great sense for the FIA, would be something in Paris, maybe. Obviously, we lost the French Grand Prix off the calendar last year because Paul Ricard just ain't cutting it with its 17,000 potential track layouts. But, you know, I could definitely see Formula One trying to like lock down some sort of French Grand Prix. Obviously, the idea of a Grand Prix is French anyway. The FIA are based in Paris and it would be a great like box ticking exercise. I think that as time goes on, Formula One seem to be opting for street circuits and in city centres because they're recognisable locations. You know, what's going to sound better to a new fan of Formula One? The Las Vegas Grand Prix or, oh, we're going to Portimao? Like, an, a new fan, somebody that's not really up to date with the latest news and which circuits are called what and that kind of thing. You know, if you said Interlagos to somebody that doesn't know much about Formula One, they're going to be like, what is that? I thought that was a, a shop at the, you know, local mall. But 
if you say, oh yeah, we're going to go to Miami in Florida, people instantly know where that is. You know, let's look at the most recent circuits to be added to the Formula One calendar. You have Las Vegas Street Circuit. You have the Miami International Autodrome, also a street circuit. The Jeddah Corniche Circuit, which we're going to this weekend, also a street circuit. The only one that we have that's recently been added would be the Los International Circuit, which is in Qatar, which is an existing track which we used in the pandemic. It had its first race in 2021. But even then, although it looks as if we're going to be staying at that permanent circuit for when Formula One returns there for the next 10 years, it was originally meant to be a street circuit in Doha. So, you know, it's not as if uh, that was the plan all along. I think the original plan was to make it a street circuit, but probably not going to happen. And then other ones that have been added, we obviously, I mentioned Portimao, we raced at the Algarve, let's try again, Algarve, I think it's pronounced, circuit, which was bought in as a permanent facility, but because we couldn't go to other locations. Same for Mugello, that is a permanent race circuit in Italy for the Tuscan Grand Prix, which we had in 2020. Once again, not something that Formula One initially planned to bring onto the calendar, but had to be done so because of the pandemic. And then before that, it is Baku City Circuit, a street circuit. So, you know, apart from the addition of the Sochi Autodrome, which had its first race in 2014 and is now no longer on the calendar, that's the last permanent race circuit that Formula One actually bought onto the calendar um, without it being because of like a last minute resort. So yeah, it does make me wonder if we're going to be seeing just new street circuits being bought on. And it does worry me because, you know, there's no secret that Spa-Francorchamps future on the F1 calendar is in doubt. It is such a historic circuit. You know, it's been there since the first year of Formula One in 1950. And although it's missed out on the calendar over a few years, it would be an absolute travesty to lose such an iconic circuit that fans love, drivers love. It makes an amazing racing spectacle in favour of just another street circuit. So why are Formula One so set on street circuits? Well, there are a number of reasons. Obviously, I used to work for Formula E and they did a lot of racing and street circuits because they said that it reduced emissions. People could travel to the circuit using the likes of public transport. People wouldn't have to get in their cars and drive, you know, a few hundred miles out or maybe not 100 miles, but, you know, drive miles out of the city in order to get themselves to the racetrack and be able to watch it. So that would cut down on people in cars. You've also got the benefit of being able to customise your track to however you'd like it. If you want to add a in here no problem if you want to remove it the next year also no problem it gives them a lot of freedom you're also not having to deal with local promoters of circuits and all that kind of stuff so there are lots of benefits to hosting street circuits but I also feel bad for those that actually own circuits that need Formula One to visit them you know maybe they've made themselves a grade one listed circuit which means that it's got all the infrastructure all the technology all of this kind of stuff in order to host Formula One races um, you know there's a set of criteria that they have to meet they're investing all of this money and then you hear these rumors that Formula One are just going to go and settle for another street circuit obviously there are circuits that have been discussed like Kailami in South Africa which is a permanent racing facility it needs to do some updates to it in order to bring Formula One back there but 
you know, you might just think, well, what's the point if they're just going to go and settle for a, a big name city and put together a street circuit? Anyway, that's my take on the recent London Grand Prix news. I'd like to say a big fat no thank you to that happening. But although there are jokes that, oh yeah, quick it's a... I saw Tommy um, or Tom Bellingham do a tweet that was from the UK office and it was like, oh quick, a quiet news day in F1, bring out the London Grand Prix story. Like I say, this isn't new. This is something that has been brought up again and again, year after year. But so did the Las Vegas Grand Prix and the idea of that. And that's now actually happening. Happening. So you never know what the future holds. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed this little kind of ramble, this rant that I did. Like I say, I still love street circuits, although I think it's important to have a balance of the two on the F1 calendar. Let me know what you guys think. Oh, and one more thing before I go. I put this out on Twitter and I said that I explain it in more detail. So Michelle Yeoh won an Oscar this weekend and I'm super proud of her. You know, she's the first Asian woman to have won the Best Actress Oscar and it's like a really special, momentous occasion. And lots of people have been discovering that she is the partner, long-term partner of Jean Todd, who obviously used to be the FIA president. And although it might seem like a bit of a random coupling, they've been together for a super long time and uh, there's a really cute picture that Jean put on his Twitter which is him and Michelle with their Oscar and it said a moment of pure grace and immense happiness what a journey so proud of Michelle who receives the Oscar Academy Award for the best actress hashtag everything everywhere all at once which is super sweet I'll be honest I have yet to see the movie but after seeing how many Oscars and stuff it won um, and the fact that it was done with such a small team of individuals and like the editing process and things and apparently they were all self-taught and learned how to like edit on YouTube, which is amazing. I will give it a go and we'll see. But I tweeted and said that I accidentally met Michelle and Jean at an FIA gala. Um, so I thought I'd elaborate on that as sort of a final point in the podcast. Now, I'm afraid if this might be a bit of a anti-climax here because it wasn't some sort of big, massive, crazy coincidence or whatever. But back in 2015, I went to the Monaco E-Prix, so the Formula E race in Monaco, and it was amazing. And as part of the opportunity that I was doing while I was out there is that I was able to attend this FIA gala. I felt very out of place there. It was held at the iconic Monte Carlo Casino, which I was just like dying that I could go inside there. I'm also a massive James Bond fan. So seeing the casino and going inside was literally the stuff of dreams. But anyway, I got inside and um, originally I was meant to be sat at a table on my own with Lucas Degrassi and some other people. And I was like, no, I need to be with my friends because that would be quite an interesting thing. I love Lucas, but spending a whole evening with him when we've not properly officially met yet would be rather an interesting thing. So anyway, I got sat at this table and they were being very generous, let's say, with the champagne and the other kind of drinks. And I was graciously accepting because it would be rude not to, right? Anyway, so after a few glasses of champagne, Natalie Imbruglia, this honestly, this story is a bit weird, but stay with me. Natalie Imbruglia came on stage and she did a little rendition of some of her songs, Torn, I mean, one of the greatest anthems of the 90s. And yes, I know that it is a cover and not originally her song, but she was singing and it was great. 
there was a woman on our table who was waving her napkin while she was singing. Um, and then after she'd finished her song, this woman threw her napkin onto the table and onto a naked flame and then set fire to her napkin. And oh my gosh, I was panic. I was like, I'm going to be in the casino when it burns to the ground. Fortunately, the waiting staff were very attentive and they put it out like within no time. So it wasn't a case of like the whole table went up in flames or anything. But I, my, my life did flash before my eyes for a brief second. But anyway, so Natalie and Brulia had done her singing. I was downing lots of champagne, loving life. Things are great. And then I walk over to the other side of the casino because I can see that there's this big fanfare being made. And I was like being nosy. I was like, oh, what's going on over there? So anyway, I wander over and sure enough, Prince Albert, the King of Monaco, I think that's his official title. Sorry if I've got that wrong, um, was there as well as Jean Todd and Michelle. And somehow I ended up in a long line of really important people who were meeting, uh, you know, this royalty of motorsport and um, ended up speaking to Jean Todd and Michelle, shaking their hands and having like a little minute conversation. I felt like, you know, when you see people do the Royal Variety performance here in the UK and they all get in one long line and they meet the queen um, and they sort of like do a little curtsy. I think I did something like that because I just panicked. I was thinking I literally came over here to think that maybe there'd be some more food or that there had been some sort of thing and now I'm meeting the FIA president and his beautiful wife and um, then it got even weirder because I then got pulled into a selfie um, with somebody and then Prince Albert so somewhere on my phone I've got a picture of me with Prince Albert which um, I don't have any use for uh, I'm not going to be putting that on social media as well because I look like it, I'm just not meant to be there but um, yeah it was, was quite an interesting uh, experience let's say. I haven't been invited back to any other FIA galas but that was because it wasn't me that was invited. I was somebody's plus one but you know if FIA if you're listening I'd love to attend one of your galas especially the end of season one where they get given all their trophies that is the story of how I met now Oscar winner Michelle Yeoh and her husband who apparently was quite a big deal with Ferrari or something like that no, I'm kidding. anyway that's enough story time for now I'm thinking actually because I have so many of these random motorsport stories that I just never talk about and some of them even though I say so myself I think are quite funny and quite entertaining um so I'm thinking about doing some sort of like travel diaries from past and present. So when I actually get to go to some events this year, um, I can sort of document any behind the scenes things that happen um, on the podcast and we can have a laugh about it together. So if that's something you'd be interested in as well, holla, let me know. Anyway, this was meant to be a short and sweet podcast, but I hope that you're well and having a good Wednesday and um, I'll hopefully catch up with you soon. I'm currently in discussions with uh, somebody from the FIA actually, because I I've got an idea for a podcast that I want to do potentially this week or next week and I'm hoping that you're really going to enjoy it. It's a bit of like an explainer, deep dive into the FIA regulations and the rule books um, involving a certain subject which is relevant at the moment and that's the kind of thing that I'm really keen to do more of with this podcast is to chat through the rule books and you guys know that I'm nerdy about all that kind of stuff and you are too so hopefully that is going to be coming out in the next few days or weeks. Um, but anyway, if I don't speak to you before then, enjoy the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix weekend and I will see you in the next one don't forget to give this a five star rating if you're enjoying it subscribe all of that good stuff and I will speak to you soon bye <laughs>